I don't think I've ever followed a baptism. In fact, I've never been up here, so I'm delighted that there's so many of you this morning. Um, so you're so welcome. Um, and yeah, looking forward to sharing some stuff that's on my heart this morning. And just so aware that we're probably all coming from really different places this morning. Maybe some of you have never been in church. Uh, maybe some of you have, maybe feel like you've already made up your mind about who God is, who Jesus is. Um, and some of you have been walking with him for a really long time. So I'm just really hoping that some of what I say this morning, uh, each of you here, and that you're able to take something away and to stay curious, I think is my invitation this morning. Um, so yeah. Okay, so um, at church we've been working our way through a series that has been focused on the character of God, and I've just found it so encouraging uh, for myself, and it's just offered me some really lovely reminders of who God is, who he says he is, and who he's been to the people in the Bible. Um, I've really appreciated the honesty and vulnerability of the people who have come up here and spoken. I think... um, It's so important to keep telling one another the stories of God's goodness and his kindness to us. And I really want to share some of my own personal experience this morning. Um, But mostly I want to point to the person of Jesus uh, because I think he is who he says he is. Um, And I've been invited to explore a characteristic of God, um, one that some of us might know really intimately Uh, Some of us perhaps are searching for it, longing for it, uh, and maybe some of us just really wrestled with it, this idea of a God who is actually present. Um, So I'm just going to pray before I start. Um, So um, feel free to close your eyes, keep your eyes open, do whatever you want, but I'm just going to ask God to just be with us. So Father, we just thank you um, that you tell us who you are very clearly in your words. Um, that you are a God who promises to be with us. Um, And I just pray, Lord, that uh, for every single person in this room, that they would um, encounter something different, hear something different, experience something different about you this morning. Um, However much we feel like we have decided who you are, uh, would we stay soft and open and expectant? Amen. Uh, so I guess just want to kind of offer a bit of a caveat at the beginning um, that I'm very much in the middle of this story that I'm going to share with you this morning. Um, there have been times over the past three years when I've just been so desperate to hear stories of uh, God moving in people's lives. Um, I've needed to hear stories of triumphant, happy endings. I think we all need that sometimes. And I've wanted to know that God is real, that he's true, that he comes close, that he is moving in people's lives. Um, More recently, though, I have been really drawn to the stories of people who are in the in-between, in the middle of uh, the the not yet or uh, the how long, Lord, Um, because I think those stories actually tell the truth of what it's actually like to be a human being. Um, Things are not neatly wrapped up and life is hard. Um, I imagine that um, many people in this room have experienced the painful absence of someone that they love, Um, whether that's through relationship breakdown, uh, whether that's through geographical distance. We've all done lockdown. The the absence of people over those few years were really difficult. And maybe some of you have lost people. Um, I'm just going to show you a picture of um, 
This is me and my dad. Um, my sister sent me this photo a couple of months ago. I, I lost my dad about 12 years ago. Um, and I think the lack of his presence has really marked me. Um, it looks like we're on our like private yacht. We're not. I think we're on just like a, a little boat somewhere. Uh, but it's such a sweet picture for me. Um, he was the steadiest person I had. Um, when I was like a wave kind of tossed in the wind with all my teenage emotions, he was calm and considered and just there. Um, he did once give me a book called Women Who Worry Too Much, which was not a good point in our relationship. I don't recommend anyone ever buying that for anyone, but I forgave him. Uh, he was just so steady. I think that was the word that comes to mind. Um, and his presence steadied me. So the felt absence of his presence has been incredibly disorientating, um, and I've missed it, deeply miss him. Um, and I guess I wonder whose presence in your life um, do you miss? And I wonder what ways that may have impacted you. Turning the page. Uh, now, I can only um, make sense of the experience of the absence of someone that if we've first known the presence of someone. And when I think about God's presence in my life over the years, um, there are a couple of things that come to mind, some significant life experiences that I've had when God has really been with me. Um, when I found out that I was uh, pregnant at 24 and had no idea how I was supposed to do the rest of my life on my own with a baby. Um, and then in the days and weeks and hours of losing my dad a few years later, um, he was with me. He carried me through those whole, that whole season of my life. Um, and yet, even with God, the God who says he is with us, there have also been times when I have experienced what I felt like his absence and I have found myself crying out with the psalmist so we've got a book of psalms in the bible that are just poetry about the human experience and it, it they just speak of all the emotions that I think we ever feel and the psalmist in psalm 13 says how long O lord will you forget me forever how long will you hide your face from me how long must I just wrestle with my thoughts and feel sorrow in my heart and apparently quite a long time sometimes. Um, belief has not felt very easy for me over the past three years. Um, I have been in what has felt like a really long season of wrestling with whether this is all true, whether I can trust in the God who says that he is with me. Um, and yet, even in the middle of my questions and doubts, I would sometimes hear the still small voice of God. Uh, as Christians, we believe that we hear from God. We believe that he still speaks. Um, and there's a story in the Old Testament of a guy called Elijah who really desperately needed to hear from God. And uh, God sends this wind and an earthquake and a fire. Uh, and yet, when Elijah really receives his presence, it's in the small, quiet voice. Um, and I heard an invitation, and I heard God say to me, um, which might sound weird, but I heard him say to me, meet me in the garden. 
Um, now, anyone know, who knows me knows that I love being in nature. I love being surrounded by beauty. Um, so I was encouraged. I thought it was a great suggestion to meet God in a garden. Uh, the only problem was, was that I, I was living in a flat, so three floors up, and I didn't have a garden. So that was confusing to me. Um, but I knew enough about God that he does not always rarely, unfortunately, speak literally. Um, And I knew that the Bible was littered with references of gardens. Gardens are a recurring theme in the Bible, and they kind of lay the foundation of the whole story. So I knew that meet me in the garden was from God and probably meant something. I was listening to um, Tim Mackey. There's this amazing YouTube series um, by uh, an organization called The Bible Project. If you're sat here thinking, uh, I just don't believe any of this stuff, then I really recommend you uh, go onto YouTube, check out The Bible Project, and they explain beautifully the story of Jesus. Um, But he was talking about his own experience of the presence of God and the use of garden imagery in the Bible. Um, The Bible is full of pictures and it it tells us of who God is. And he said, um, there is a much fuller, deeper soul level of reality that is surrounding us that makes every moment a molecule possible in the first place. That there is not a place that I can go. There is not a moment of my existence where the eternal is not present, where paradise, the garden in the story of God, is not present. When I heard the invitation from God to meet me in the garden, my heart didn't understand any of that. Um, I was in the depths of doubt, and I thought that maybe what God was saying was that um, my faith was floundering, and I needed to go right back to the beginning of the story, to the Garden of Eden, the first story in the Bible of the creation of the world. And I thought God was saying, you've you've lost the plot. You're going to have to start right back at the beginning because you really haven't got this. Um, But it turns out that God actually meant a different garden in a different part of the story. And he showed me uh, one Easter morning when I I went to read uh, the account of the resurrection story. So the story of Jesus coming back to life in the Gospel of John. Um, We're going to read that together. Kathy's going to come up and read that to us. And then I'd just love to stay there just for a few minutes together, if that's okay. So it's uh, from John 20, verse 10 to 18. I'm going to have a glass of water. (laughs) Thank you. Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you had carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, 
and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he has said these things to her. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Kath. Um, so Mary had followed Jesus to the end. Uh, she had spent time with him. She had seen him to not only be a good person, which I think a lot of us can get on board with, uh, she'd seen him be a good teacher, which I think a lot of us can get on board with. Uh, she had also known him as the person he said he was, uh, the Son of God, um, the one who came to save. Um, and I guess I can only imagine what, what she must have been experiencing watching him die. Um, it's harrowing. I don't know how many of us in this room have been with somebody as they, um, as they died. And I, I, I think that everything that she had hoped for, uh, the saviour that she was devoted to, uh, was gone. Um, the presence that she had known so intimately um, perhaps felt lost and she was grief-stricken. She had come to the tomb uh, to anoint his body and found the tomb empty. I wonder if you've ever looked for God and not been able to find him, whether you've ever asked him if you're real, show me, um, and he hasn't. Um, and I wonder how that has left you feeling about his character and his goodness now, I don't think we're supposed to think that the absence of Jesus' body left Mary doubting everything that she had believed about him, but it must have been painfully confusing. Looking for God and not finding him is painfully confusing. I love the, the gentle questioning of the angels, uh, why are you crying? Uh, I think it was softer than maybe it sounds and actually uh, a beautiful subtle hint that her response to this empty tomb the absence of Jesus needn't be sorrow that actually this story had a beautiful ending so Jesus is still present because he appears to her and although she doesn't realize it at first uh, he engages her in conversation why are you crying? Who are you looking for? And even his questions at this point aren't enough for her to recognize him, and she doesn't register his presence. I believe that God longs to have conversations with us, um, but we can be so uh, slow to hear and to see him sometimes, especially when we are submerged in grief or doubt or questions. 
So to make himself fully known to her, he utters one word. <laughs> only, <laughs> I think only Jesus can utter a word and amazing things happen. He utters one word and from feeling as far away from her as he had ever felt, he claimed closer to her than she had ever known and said her name, Mary. And she sees that he is standing there right beside her. And it says that she turned towards him and cried out, teacher. Can you imagine the relief, the disbelief, the amazement that actually he is present? He is with her. I, I felt God in that story, in that time of really questioning this whole God project, this whole idea of God being this real living thing, uh, gently reminds me that he is present. Um, even when I don't see him, even when I don't feel him, that he longs to be closer than close. And I, I want to be like Mary. I, I, I want to be like Mary who went to look for Jesus the Jesus that she loved, the Jesus that she wanted to love more and found that actually he had just never left. I'm beginning to believe that the main promise of Jesus is simply his presence. Um, even if our experience is the opposite. Um, I had, I think, throughout my early Christian life, um, believed that there were loads more promises, that um, I would experience ease and peace every day of my life, that things would work out, that uh, God would give me a good life because I believed in him and I was living for him. Um, and it turns out that a lot of those promises that I believed don't, aren't the full truth. Um, and I remember realizing that the promise of his presence is probably the most beautiful promise he has given us and feeling quite disappointed uh, that hasn't always felt enough. Um, there's a singer um, called Stephanie Gretzinger from the States. She's a worship singer um, and she uh, t tells a story of uh, her four-year-old called Wonder. Um, ridiculous name. But she... Um, she tells this story of um, them sitting down to say grace, and she invites her four-year-old to say grace. And um, Wonder puts out her hands and closes her eyes um, and says, Jesus, we adore your presence. Um, how beautiful and simple is that? And I think uh, we, as his people, those of us who have who have stepped out in faith to trust this story is true. And I think as a church who continue to look for him and to learn about who it actually is that promises his presence, then we might be able to start to say the same. Jesus, we just adore your presence. And that the, the God and the Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all things, wants to make his presence known to every single person in the room. Um, I'm, I'm going to pray because um, you've had enough of my presence. I think we should uh, have some worship time and, yeah, see what 
God wants to do. So I'm going to pray, and uh, then I'm going to invite the worship team up. Um, Yeah, God, I I think, I I know and I believe that um, you really want everyone here to understand that you love them. Um, That you really get the questions and the doubts and the apathy, the the resistance towards you. Um, I felt that, felt all of those things. Um but you're gentle and you're kind and you come close to us um, and you stand before us. Um, And I just pray, wherever anyone is at in this this space today, that um, you'd speak that, that small, still small voice that I think I've heard a number of times that that they would hear that too Um, and that the promise of your presence would become... uh, the most amazing gift to every single one of us. Um, We we do adore your presence. We want more of it, God. We want to see that um, you are true and real and moving in our lives, Uh, that you are writing and weaving stories of uh, redemption, not happy endings tied with a bow, but the reality of living life and the reality of trying to follow you. Um, so Jesus, as we, we hear these songs, as we sing these songs, um, just ask for your presence to be here, um, that we would experience you and encounter you, um, that we wouldn't be afraid of what that looks like, um, and that we just be open, Father, because I think actually that's all you ask us to do, to be here, to be open, uh, and to see um, I pray that in your holy name. Amen.